the Homemakers Club podcast. The Homemakers Club is a sisterhood of women who value the old-fashioned ways and traditions of making a house a home. As you listen in each week to conversation between myself and a fellow homemaker, it is my hope that you'll feel as though we are old friends and you are stopping by my home for a long-standing weekly tradition of sweet tea and sweet conversation. As good old friends do, we will celebrate the simplicities of ordinary days and come alongside one another to navigate the joys and hardships of homemaking. It is my prayer that when we say our goodbyes at the end of each episode, you leave with a heart that is enriched and filled with provision so that when you tie your apron strings each morning, you are joyfully ready to create a beautiful and fruitful life within your home. Grab a cup of tea and I'll meet you at the kitchen table. Hey everyone, welcome to the Homemakers Club podcast. Today I have my sweet friend Alex Smith with at Love Daphne May. I'm so excited to have her on today because she is the epitome of the elevation of woman in motherhood. I have taken so much joy and interest in following her for quite some time now because I just feel like she hones in this beautiful spirit of mother culture and the growth of women in their skills within their home or their talents that the Lord gave them. And so it's just such a beautiful honor to have her here today with me so she can share her heart about homemaking and becoming and trusting the Lord through the season. So I am so happy you're here, Alex. Welcome. Oh my goodness. I'm so honored and thankful to be here with you. It's going to be a wonderful conversation. I just know it. Before we get started, I would absolutely love for you to share a little bit about your journey to becoming a homemaker and where that started, maybe when you were a child or if it's a newly found thing as you became a mother. I'd just love to hear your journey um, of your homemaking heart. Yeah. So I have four kids. My youngest is... 21 months now and my oldest just turned 11 a couple of days ago and so we have been homeschooling since the beginning before I had children I was a public school teacher a English high school English teacher actually and so I just kind of from that experience always knew that once we had children I really wanted to stay home and homeschool them so we've been doing that from the start and we actually just moved a couple of months ago from California where we had lived always. And we lived on a little five acre property, actually right next to my dad. So like right next to the property that I grew up on is where we lived. And we just sort of felt this call to move. And we traveled all around the country last year, renovated a camper and took kids and and traveled all the way across the country and back and trying to figure out you know, praying along the way, where are we supposed to be? Where are we supposed to live? And so we just last fall decided that South Carolina was the place that we were being called to this tiny town in South Carolina. It's just crazy. (laughs) People are always like, so how did you end up here? And we're like, God, I don't know. There's no other answer really. Like it wasn't for a job. It wasn't for anything in particular. It just felt like this is where we were supposed to be. So we are here now just 
doing so much work. It's kind of been a whirlwind past couple of months of clearing a lot of the woods on the property to make room for pasture. We did have a few, I guess, really small scale farm in California, but we kind of wanted to go a little bit bigger here in South Carolina. So we're just really feel strongly about the regenerative agriculture, moving animals so that the earth has time to regenerate and the soil is really strong and healthy and how, what good that does for the earth and the animals and our bodies and just trying to be good stewards of what we've been given. And so I feel like that's sort of just an overarching theme for for me for home and what that means to be a maker of a home is not just the home in which we live the walls in which we live but our bodies and the earth that we have been you know blessed with if if we're living on property or whatever that means it's just really stewarding all of those things to the best of our abilities and the ways that God has provided for us. So I feel like my early journey into motherhood probably Man, so my oldest is 11. So about 10, 11 years ago, nine, when I had two little ones, my first two, I feel like homemaking was very different to me at the time. Like it felt like a very different thing than it does now. Uh, to me, then it felt like I needed to make a home that was quote unquote worthy of what others thought was, you know, what we were supposed to be doing, where we were supposed to live, what we were supposed to drive. It was more of what was society's view of the appropriate home for the stage of life that you are in. And so that was, you know, we had rented a home in town. It was in a gated community. It was all very much like this is what we are quote unquote supposed to do in terms of what society or culture was telling us. As you can probably guess, it was quite unfulfilling. And so it wasn't until we lived there for a few years and then the property that we had lived on in California came up and it was right next to my dad. It was this little old double wide mobile home. And for some reason, I just felt this strong tug that we were supposed to live there. It was, God was calling me there. And it was the first time that I listened because I hadn't been listening for the years prior to that. And it just felt like kind of me butting heads with myself, you know, what I wanted and what I felt and what I felt like I was supposed to do. And all of these things were kind of butting heads. So that call to make that little double wide mobile home, our home felt so like, it was like my heels were in buried in the ground. But at the same time, I was like scooching forward towards this, this little home. And, and so we ended up moving there. And I feel like that's really when kind of the true sense for me of homemaking really took over because it felt like the home that I was establishing there was it was a home that was much more eternally minded. It was much more about stewarding my children and their hearts and, you know, my husband and being there for him and growing our family and our faith and in, you know, our appreciation for the land and just all of these things had such a deeper meaning and a deeper connection to the earth and to the Lord and all of these things that just brought so much more fulfillment. And I felt like, when all of that kind of came about, it just, I craved it more and more and more because it felt so intentional and I felt it so deeply. And so it was just sort of this 
kind of really beautiful organic, you know, thing that came to fruition after moving into that home and making that home our home. And it was supposed to be sort of this space of in between, like, oh, we'll just move there for a short period of time and save up and then we'll go build a big house or something. And then we ended up living there for seven years because we were like, this is great. We're so happy here. Why would we leave? This is so great. And I'm just so thankful for that that opportunity because it also allowed me to focus on like, okay, what is what is the important thing here? It's not what culture, society says that I, you know, my happy life is supposed to look like. I really am living a life that feels like it's truly where I'm supposed to be and and what I'm supposed to be doing in terms of serving my family. And I'm just so, I'm so grateful for that because it just was the foundation that I needed to continue to create a home and, you know, moving so far away from home to a place that we had never been, that we knew no one making a home was like of the utmost importance to me immediately. And I feel like it was just sort of like a family culture that we brought here when we moved. And so it did feel like home you know, within a a space that we had never lived in right off the bat, which was such a blessing. I have a little bit of a similar journey as far as feeling like the Lord pulling you out of a situation that maybe you don't even necessarily realize you're unfulfilled in until you start having this little stirring within your heart. We lived in a small community just outside of a very big city. And so I would drop my son off at kindergarten or first grade, and then I would go into town and I would go shopping. And I just always felt this like urgency to keep up with what other Mm -hmm. women were doing. And I, and I, I genuinely love women and I watch them with, and I cheer for them and I just love what they're doing. But I felt like this disconnect with my current situation and a discontentment almost that I didn't even realize was, was actually stirring within my heart until I felt the Lord calling for life for our home. And so we answered that call. We moved after, I mean, lots of prayer and discussion. And actually it was really mm-hmm. Once we got through that conversation, God delivered a new place for us to live within two weeks. Like we, we up and left, we pulled our son out of school, which we adored that school so much. And we, we up and moved to a new state and it's only two hours away from where our family lives, but we up and moved to a one bedroom shop apartment on a 300 acre cattle ranch and we found ourselves into homeschool and but we were living the life that we felt like God was calling us to do with hard work and I had no opportunity to go shopping because we were far in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and so I was and I had none of my things either all of my stuff that I felt comfort in was in storage an hour and a half away from me, like 98% of this stuff. So I was removed from, I was stripped from all of the things that I didn't realize were weighing me down into becoming like the the homemaker and the mom and the wife that I wanted to until I was removed from all of it. And and in that moment, my hands started creating and my heart started creating. And like you were saying, I found like this grander meaning to my mm-hmm. efforts within my home. It was just, it's just amazing what 
what that becoming looks like when we decide to let go and let God. It's really quite amazing. During your transition, so you lived in town and then you moved to this little property next to your dad and then you went in the camper, which I can't even imagine what that journey looked like for y'all I'm traveling, looking for where God was calling you to. How how does that look like in your heart and the and through the seasons and transitions and becoming? I mean, that was a lot that you went through. Yeah, it's still. I feel like I'm still very much in the season of just like trusting the Lord. I mean, I I think we're always in a season of trusting the Lord, but we're still very much in this like in-between phase, it feels like even here in our home, because we are working so much on the property that it's like need to get the garden in. Our kitchen is currently halfway demoed. I have no kitchen sink. I've been doing dishes in the bathroom. (laughs) You know, all of these things that feel, oh, I can, if I let myself, I can get very grumbly about it. I can get into a very grumbly state of like, oh, I just, I need this phase to be over. I just want to move on and, you know, be there. And I think it's when I allow myself to really think, okay, but these in-between times, first of all, they make up so many of the just really pivotal times in our life, right? Because this is the time, these vulnerable places where we are looking for God, we are seeking him, we are looking for the next, the next twist or turn that we are supposed to take, that this is where we are just clay like he is you know we are able he's able to work within us so abundantly and so I'm so grateful for that and I feel like that was one of the you know hugest prayers when we did this move across the country was okay this is going to be a huge opportunity to just completely trust God like we have to just completely trust him and all the ways, which is a very uncomfortable feeling sometimes for me who wants to just sort of get my ducks in a row and then I'm going to do this and it's going to result in this. And, you know, it doesn't, I feel like when I am putting myself in a, in a place of discomfort in not knowing what the next step is, not knowing what, how it's going to turn out and just trusting God that it will turn out the way that it's supposed to be that's when my most growth happens. And that's when I'm able to just really dive more deeply into, you know, myself as a mother and a wife and, you know, into my work as a writer and photographer, like all of those things, because I feel like that's how we can connect with other people who are, you know, just kind of in these in-between phases as well, no matter what that looks like. It, it, it seems that we are always in some sort of phase of becoming or in between because that's life. I feel like, I feel like the moment we say, well, I've arrived, I'm officially, I'm done growing. That's probably not a great place to be in. Like I hope to never be in that place. I want to constantly be, you know, reevaluating where I'm at and how I can be better and how I can grow and how I can take that growth within myself and teach that to my children and apply that to my marriage and apply that to other women that I get to work with when I'm photographing them, when I'm writing all of these things, I feel like it's that 
recognition of something great is happening here. Even if it feels like I'm teetering on the edge, something great is happening right here in this space, no matter where you're at, no matter if you're dreaming of this next phase in your life, where you are right now, something great is happening within you. And I think just really, you know, being in that place in that space and, and really remembering that all the time is something that just allows me to live in that gratitude and to be trusting and excited for what, what else is around the corner. <laughs> so exciting. And you're right. Growth is such a beautiful thing. And, and just being willing yeah. to see the beautiful moments that we're currently living in is something that really is just like a practice that we have to create. Mm-hmm. And it's hard. It's easy oh, to get caught up yeah. in the things that are displeasing or discomfort. It's so easy to wallow in when we're like, wow, I wish I was doing this or I wish this season would pass or whatever. It's so difficult to not yeah. wallow there. And it's it really yeah. is like a thief of joy in such a big way. Absolutely. How do you practice that? Do you have like a a daily routine? Like, do you put it in your daily routine? Is it a priority of yours? Where do you find yourself? Do you practice this daily? Or is it something that you catch yourself kind of falling off of? And then you've got to bring yourself back in. I know that I try my morning time is like, critical and I find myself I used to be like I can't get up early there's no way in a million years I'm gonna get up before the kids I'm gonna lay here (laughs) until they find me and I started like I'm like okay I want to get up early because I'm cranky in the morning so I'm gonna get up so I started like at like seven o'clock and then I started getting up at 6 45 and I just kind of started growing into this 15 minute earlier idea now I'm like I can't get up early enough (laughs) Because I love my morning time so much. It's so sacred to me that I get excited to get up early just to have quiet time by myself. So how do you do that? How do you, where's your practice through the day? Or I love that. And you're so right. Like it's just, it's once you've got that little space in your day that you look forward to and you know that's your time. So I really feel like this is such a, seasonal thing of because I I have definitely had seasons where I get up before the children I'll go on a run and that run which my husband affectionately calls it more of a trot than a run <laughs> it's more than I do not, yeah. I'm not a fast runner as much as a, the mental health aspect is m- more of the than the physical <laughs> I a friend um, of mine I have to say this a friend of mine just messaged me about oh, I ran by your house the other day. You should join me. And I saw a t-shirt and I immediately, like I had seen it months ago and I pulled it up, but it is talking, I can't remember which scripture, but it says that running is for the wicked and that you only run if someone's chasing you. And I just cracked up because oh I just, gosh. I don't, I, I love it. My mental health is not in running, that's for sure. So I admire anyone who runs or trots because that is a beautiful thing. Yes, definitely a um, what I affectionately refer to as my prayer trot. So yeah, it's been it's been tricky since we've moved. I'm I'm waiting for that again because a fun surprise that we had when we moved here that I was not ready for is the red clay dirt that mm. we have here. So I'm waiting for a bit of 
road type situation. <laughs> so I don't come back with like blocks of red clay on my, for feet, you know, mm-hmm. but anyways, so yeah, there was definitely a season in my life. And I know there will be another season in my life where I get up early. I go for my run. I pray, I have my devotional, you know, all of those things. But right now with having, I mean, he's not, he's 21 months, but truth be told, I mean, he still nurses all throughout the night. And, you know, it's just the season where I'm not going to get up early. I'm going to wait till he wakes me up at 630 or whatever it may be. So so I think if you're in that season, then it's just finding a, a space within your day. So for me, it's after they go to bed. I love, you know, having that time after they go to bed to write, to read, to do whatever I need to do to kind of, like you said, just like ground myself in the word and pray and have that time to prepare for the next day, clean up the house, which is something that I feel like is really important to me to have kitchen cleaned and, you know, maybe make my leaven for starter the next morning. Just I prepare. It's kind of like I put the kids to bed and I really tackle quite a few things in the evening it's but it's not the same thing every evening so sometimes it just looks like chatting on the couch with my husband sometimes it looks like being on my computer doing a little bit of work and chatting with my husband sometimes it's him in the kitchen and we're chatting while I'm getting breakfast you know something prepared to throw in the oven the next morning um getting sourdough leaven you know made to make bread the next day so these are all kind of they they switch off depending on on the day and the evening but I do like that time to kind of just I think it's that idea of that you know this is like a hot word the self-care movement for me self-care looks like doing something for my family and I know that a lot of other homemakers can relate to that Mm -hmm. it doesn't I don't need me personally it's making sourdough with my hands and thinking things through and praying and, you know, just that is self-care to me. It's, I think it's that idea of anything done with love and, and with purpose and intention can be made beautiful and can be restorative to our souls. So I think, you know, if I'm, this is a, you know, one of those practices, like you asked me about, if I'm making bread, I'm not, you know, grumbling about, oh, I gotta make more bread. These kids, they don't stop eating. <laughs> it's more of like, oh, this is such a beautiful process. I love making this food and, thank you that I have this flour to make this food. I'm so grateful that I have, you know, that we have, we've been provided for, for our needs. Like I'm so grateful for that. Or, you know, swapping out the millionth load of laundry and folding clothes. It's, it's folding clothes while, you know, one of my children reads to me or, you know, something that makes a simple task done with love and care and, and intention I feel like just makes it feel beautiful and it makes it feel purposeful and it makes it feel just full of gratitude. And so it it kind of, for me, it removes the, the grumbliness that I can definitely have if I am not careful. I could fall into the grumbling trap of, oh my goodness, I'm washing more clothes that have red dirt on them, (laughs) you know, but it can be instead like, I think it's just a constant, constant awareness of my thinking and how I can shift that to give myself a more, 
attitude of gratitude. So instead of thinking that way, it's, I'm so grateful my kids are healthy and they're outside playing. And I'm so thankful that we have this land to, for them to play on. I'm so thankful that for my husband and all the ways that he's working hard to grade the dirt around our house so that we can have grass and we can have a garden and, you know, all of these things. So I, I think it's just a constant practice of perspective constant. But the more that I recognize, okay, it's time to shift your perspective, then the more I'm able to do that. Yes, I I can completely agree to that. I used to complain so much and maybe not verbally out loud. Uh, I, yeah. I try to have like a positive spirit, but internally I would be like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, like I just cleaned this room and there's Legos everywhere yeah. or their shoes. Right. Like, why can't they just put their shoes away? Like I just constantly yeah. in, internally would be just so upset about like I'm putting all this effort into what I'm doing mm-hmm. because I care and it's just yeah. it's and if they're not doing what I want them to do like pick up your Legos yeah. after you're done playing with them or my husband mm-hmm. leaves a piece of trash on the sink two feet from where the trash can is like I used to internally get so upset about that like I felt disrespected yeah. and then yeah. I started trying to switch my own thoughts because I caught myself. I realized that what I say verbally because I care so much about putting positive spirit and atmosphere into my home was completely opposite of my actual feelings. So then I thought, if I have control over my verbal words that other people hear, why do I not have control over my mental and emotional like feelings and I grew in that awareness so I started catching myself grumbling internally and and trying to change that into a positive where like yeah. I know in the homemaking community we talk a lot about finding the beauty in the mundane and finding joy and mm-hmm. the, the moments and so I started practicing like it's actually a practice like yeah. I am going to be grateful that my husband is home and that he does all these other things and just because he leaves his trash two feet from the trash can once in a while does not make him a bad husband and and when I started doing that or or even like the Legos with the children like getting on my hands and when they were really little getting down and be like let's make a game like let's put all the red away first and then the yellow and the green and just starting to physically and mentally changed the shift of the way I was thinking and feeling things did start becoming more beautiful through that gratitude but it was a practice and it is hard to do yep I agree it's something that is just yeah a constant practice and the more we practice it I do feel like it's just that awareness like you said that awareness comes more naturally so even if you know, we can start to sense ourselves feeling a little grumbly. It's like, no, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to turn this around because it obviously grumbling doesn't do anybody any favors. (laughs) Not us, not our families. Like it doesn't, it doesn't help the situation at all. It doesn't help that it doesn't make them want to do what we're wanting them to do anymore. And I think just knowing that all of this, that we're doing, all of these tasks are a a huge, grand, beautiful calling that we have been given, like thinking of it that way and really just honoring that I feel like is such a kind of 
bigger picture minded way to think about smaller tasks, you know, creating that, like you said, that that culture of joy and gratitude within our homes, our children are going to pick up on that, they're going to take that into their homes when they're older, I feel like it's just such a grand calling that often overlooked for its immense, you know, responsibility and and beauty, as it can be. It's so powerful once we claim that. Once we realize how powerful our role is within our home, it is all of a sudden life-giving. I remember a long time ago, we went through a season of like really hard financial. We were younger and just having little kids. And sure, it would have been easier financially had I, well, not really, but the idea was that had I gone to work with no formal education, no real training in the workforce. But if I went to work and made the $12 an hour back then, financially, the idea would be like, oh, well, it would alleviate a little bit of the pressure in the home. But then I started, but then my heart was like, well, that would make no sense because after we pay our taxes and after I pay someone else to raise my children, I would be doing all of that for $300, $200 a month. And that's just not worth it and so I during that season it was so difficult my headspace was in different spaces I was constantly trying to think of ways to alleviate a little bit of that pressure and and looking at what all my friends and family members were doing and I just had almost like this like drive to want to do more for my family and then I had this moment of like but wait I am doing so much for my family and it, mm-hmm. it almost get like lit a fire within me in that moment yeah. to really claim my home and put value and, and mm-hmm. pride into the work that I was doing. And, and at that yeah. moment, it was like, I claimed my home because there is so much beauty in the idea of yeah. gathering around the table and sending my husband yeah. with lunch. So he's nourished throughout the day. providing his coffee, like all these little tendings to the people that Mm -hmm. are interested in my care truly gives me so much life. Like you were saying, like being like you're talking about self care. And for me, my heart leaps for joy at the end of the day when I feel like I was incredibly loving and provided for my family in a way that is spiritual and nourishing. Uh, and selfless, yeah. much more rewarding, a selfless care. <laughs> yeah, a selfless like, care. Yeah. But I need to tend to myself, my my heart and my mind so that I can actually do that because I care yeah. so much about the efforts that I place within my home and I can't necessarily, I can't, you can't water a garden with an empty well. And so I love the self-care is funny and always makes me smile a little bit because I always think of like, people yeah. leaving home to go fill their cups mm-hmm. when in reality for me yeah. it's just I don't make sourdough I kill the starter every time I just forget <laughs> like I just don't do it I quit that I broke up with that idea for a little while because I just forget yeah. like it just yeah. dies and gets moldy and I just can't do it <laughs> so anytime I see anyone share sourdough I'm like they are that is not just bread like that is a lot of work and that is a lot of remembering to do like feeding it. But there's other things that women can do within their home that fill their cup by creating beauty with their hands. And I think that that's so powerful. And the awareness of what your home needs, 
what your heart needs, what your family needs, and then being a steward of that each day is mm-hmm. so fulfilling. Absolutely. Yep. Couldn't agree more. It's just the greatest blessing and calling. And I'm so grateful to have that opportunity every single day. I, and I, I would like to ask you a question and I don't know, we hadn't really spoke about this, but I know that on your blog, which I'll share the podcast notes, I'm the link so people could go click that you share quite a bit about being a steward of the Lord within your home. You share recipes, Do you also do workshops? And I know a lot of them have to do with photography, but you're all about capturing motherhood. And so earlier in the, in the episode, I had mentioned that you are this beautiful example of mother culture and uplifting women within their roles. Can you share with me a little bit about what you think the value in women linking arms together what that what does that do to a woman's heart because yeah. you're so good at that and you're so you're just so i think passionate about it. your business is built around that and the things you share mm-hmm. on your instagram feed are so welcoming and warming to just a woman in general and so i'd love to hear what your thoughts are about the power of women growing together mm-hmm. and claiming their home yeah i think just offering that support and that, you know, we link arms, we're so much stronger, we can lift others higher, which I feel like it's just everything that we need to do is I think often if if women are in a space of not necessarily feeling that they can do that, it maybe comes from something like comparison, which is such a thief of all good things. So when we are linking arms together, I feel like it eliminates comparison and just allows us to all think in such more of a kingdom-minded mentality of, you know, let's all just do everything that we can here on earth with one another, with our children, with this next generation of children, you know, that will expand God's love for people, that will expand our, the way that we care for one another, for the earth, for animals, for our homes, you know, all of these things. I think that that support and encouragement is so important and, and recognizing that, you know, all mothers, like we are all, there's always something that we're going through, right? It's just motherhood. It's just this emotional, it's beautiful. And it's such a gift. And there are so many lessons to be learned from all of the different seasons and the things that we are constantly moving forward and stepping into that's those spaces. And so I feel like just that recognition that we are always, we are always on a universal space of of going through something together. And so keeping that in mind, I think allows us to just bring walls down between us. And, you know, if somebody needs a hand, we can reach out our hand and we can raise them up and we can link arms with them. And I feel like that visual is such, it's so profound in a more of a, you know, emotional sense, obviously more than physical of just coming alongside one another. And, you know, that's one of the things that I love, like about the workshops, about coaching, about all of these things is saying, like, I know you have something really amazing and special inside of you, even if it's, you know, 
working on a small business that will bless others outside of your family, or if it's working on something within your home, if it's homeschooling your children, like whatever that feels like in the season that you really know is, is calling you. I feel like the more, the more women that step into that place, it's just going to create just a more loving, beautiful world. And I know that sounds so like peace and love, everybody. (laughs) It's powerful. I really believe that it's true. I believe that the more people feel like they can throw fear out the window and comparison out the window and really just trust God and step into the into wherever he is leading, that is just going to be so powerful for our families and our children to see that as well and raising up that next generation so that they have one another to lean on as well. It's so incredibly powerful. I have the chills when you're saying you're laughing, saying like, it sounds so like peace and love. And I'm like getting the chills because that's how I I feel about womanhood. I used to be incredibly captured by uh, discontent and a little, not like jealousy in a weird way, but like, I want that. I long for that. I need that. Like all these things. And I was trying to fill my cup with things that other women that I inside was cheering them on like oh my gosh what she's doing is so amazing and so cool and so I was trying to recreate their stories within my own heart and then I I I freed myself from that because I decided to just really really cheer them on while I found my own way in my own becoming and who I am within my home and in my marriage and in my motherhood and so now it's just so amazing to watch so many women pour into their homes and now I feel like God kind of equipped me in this opportunity to really love women well and cheer them on and and elevate our roles and I feel like the more women feel inspired and encouraged and empowered to be themselves mm-hmm. and then especially yeah. within the home like you said we're changing the world and I I think by claiming our home in itself mm-hmm. is going to change the world in a huge way I think I think too. our world I, is, I, yeah I, think. I agree with you I feel like there's just been this like word of revival that has just been like rattling around in my head for the past couple of years and I feel like mothers are going to be kind of a, a really pivotal role in that you know I what think we're doing within so. our homes so it's keep going mom and then make friends <laughs> and cheer yeah. them on it's so important and so powerful before we go I I want to ask you how do you do that how do you make friends and how do you find these women to cheer on I know sometimes mm-hmm. like you're in a new town I'm in a new town mm-hmm. we've been here for four years and I still feel like we're in like this mm-hmm. new itty bitty 3,000 mm-hmm. people population tiny town yeah. that we didn't grow up in and so our friend circle in real life is very small and then I joke with my husband like I have thousands of best friends on Instagram <laughs> I love it. The pen pal idea makes me so happy because I do have so many women that are not not so many, but I have a few very close women that I've made friends with on Instagram that I feel like they're great friends and I can't wait for the day to meet them. But how do you do that? Because I have some women message me and they say, well, how do you like, how is this a community? Like, how do you make friends and I'm like well I can guarantee you this if you message any woman within the homemakers club they'll be your friend (laughs) so true how do you do it I really think that it's just it's scary right like I'm totally in the middle of that right now of like 
making new friends in this area. I had the most beautiful, wonderful circle of women in California and they're still my dearest friends and always will be. And then I have like my five best girlfriends from high school still like, you know, it's just, it's just building upon. So it's, it's never, it's never a replacement. It's just building upon those, those friendships. But here in this new town, I'm, I'm totally in the middle of that right now of just, yeah, how do we do that? And I really think that the most important piece is being willing to put yourself out there. And I think that's the scariest part, but we have to, you know, reach out to people and say, Hey, do you want to meet at the park? And, you know, just be yourself and chat with them and, you know, love on them and their families and see if, if that's reciprocated and, you know, encourage them. And I think that Instagram has been really wonderful with that. I mean, even just like last year with our travels, we were able to stop and I was able to meet so many friends along the way that I had never met in person before, but that we had chatted for so many years on Instagram, which was so fun and such a blessing. And so I definitely, I definitely can tell you that the Instagram friendships are absolutely can transfer into the real life friendships. So I think that using that online community in the way that we want to utilize it and actually creating you know, that community and that support is, is so doable, but we have to be willing to open ourselves up and and be vulnerable and put ourselves out there, which is so scary. And I totally get it. But just even, you know, starting a conversation, I mean, I don't even know, I think when I found your account and then started following you, you know, a couple years back, and then was like, this is so great. And then you just naturally are inspired by you know one another encouraged by one another like I remember just being inspired and encouraged by what you were putting out and so that just lends itself to like a message a dm like hey this is so great oh I'm excited for you just encouragement inspiration so I feel like those sorts of things if we are willing to put ourselves out there and to open ourselves up to relationships, then that's just going to naturally unfold. I'm also not above just approaching other mothers in real life, like at the park or at, you know, anywhere, like I will absolutely strike up a conversation with you and, you know, maybe we'll hit it off and we'll get numbers and we'll meet up again. You, you never know. So I think it's just being willing to, put ourselves out there and and know that it will work out the way that it's supposed to work out. Either we're going to make a great friend and they'll be friends for many, many years to come. Or maybe it was just, we just had that one conversation and that will be it. But either way, we won't know if we don't allow ourselves to to be in that, that vulnerable place. It's so special. And I, I think that really friendship and coming alongside women within this journey that we're all in, whether we're just becoming or, well, we're all becoming, right? We're always working towards something like we chatted about before, but our seasons are ever changing. And so to look for women who are through the season I'm in, so I can ask them (laughs) for advice and wisdom. Yeah, I think it's important to have friends that are in your same season, who are past your season and who are not yet into your season. I really feel like being, yeah, shoulder to shoulder, being a mentee and being a mentor, Mm -hmm. I think is a really good place to be in relationships. And I think that those relationships flourish when we're just authentically ourselves. And, and 
I had someone message me like, not to showboat, but my husband got a promotion. And I'm like, no, that's not showboating. That's celebrating. Like, yeah. I will, I would buy you a coffee for that. Like, yeah. that is so cool to be able yeah. to cheer one another on um, alongside okay. one another, whether it's in real life with friends from high school or locally mm-hmm. or even on the Instagram platform and using it as a positive tool for our growth within our homes is so powerful and so beautiful. And Alex Absolutely. is so glad that we became friends uh, yes. and pen pals during yes. through Instagram. Yes. I look forward to the day. I keep telling my husband we need to make our way to South Carolina. So hopefully time. We'll, You're welcome. That would be we'll nice. have our Airbnb up hopefully uh next year so so that's an invitation thank you (laughs) i am so glad you joined me today this has been beautiful i encourage so many women to head to your blog because i think it's just a, a further extension of what you're doing on instagram and hopefully maybe join one of your workshops or your meetup i know you do them online and in real life and so i just encourage so many women to do that and also to take a moment to kind of reflect at their season that they're in right now and and begin a practice of gratitude because it really brings life into the home and I think that this conversation is a beautiful reminder of claiming our homes and awareness and action so thank you so much for joining me Thank you. It was wonderful. Thank y'all for being here and for the work you are doing within your homes and sharing home with the world. I believe with my whole heart that every day, the more we share home and the art of homemaking, we are upholding the way in which home was intended to be, productive, fruitful, and beautiful. Though your days may seem ordinary, little by little, you are building something quite extraordinary. Keep up the good work, my friends. If you haven't already, I encourage you to join our sisterhood on Instagram at We Are The Homemakers for daily encouragement and fellowship. And of course, subscribe here as well. We are the homemakers gathered for good. See y'all next week. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, your gateway to a new dimension of wellness. Featuring discussions with world-renowned experts, pioneers, champions, and professionals. Experience high-end production, sophistication, and easily applicable tips and tricks for everyday life. Your journey to wellness, it starts here and it starts now. Tune in to the Wellness Driven Life Show and become a part of the evolution of driven living. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Candy Apple Advocacy, the podcast for parents who want to advocate for their children's education. I'm Jim Mallard, and I'm here with my wife, Tabby. We've been through the trenches of raising kids in the school system and know how tough it can be, but we also know how essential it is to advocate for your child and their education. That's why we started this podcast, to share our experiences and insights with other parents to help them become more effective advocates for their children. On this podcast, we'll talk about everything from general education, general school advice, the school choices you have available to you, different education styles, individualized education plans, 504s, and all those key terms that you've heard but don't know what they are. We'll talk to experts. We'll also talk to parents and hear their stories. We'll share our stories with you and give you tools you need to be a strong advocate for your child.
and yourself. Whether you're a new parent or have been in the game for a while, we invite you to join our community. Let's advocate together.